Few had any doubts that God had sent the earthquake to punish Antioch for its wanton and profligate ways. The residents of this Christian outpost, not far from the eastern shores of the Mediterranean, were notoriously corrupt and flouted their solemn obligations to God. Certain men who hated the fasting and loved lavish banquets, slaves to gluttony for enticing foods, were eager to copy the life and lifestyle not of those who lived well, but those who ate well, scoffs Walter the Chancellor, a cleric and longtime Antioch functionary whose first-hand account of life in Antioch is dotted with references to Christian scripture and well-worn quotations from Ovid and Virgil. The women reveled in scandalous, low-cut tunics and draped themselves in unseemly adornment. Some, or so gossip has it, Walter says with a wink, even commissioned local artisans to have coverings carefully made in Arab gold and a manifold of precious jewels for their shameful parts, not to clothe the appearance of their shame or to restrain the flame of lust but so that that which was forbidden might inflame more hotly those people who did not desire legitimate pleasures. Others prostituted themselves for sport, soliciting friends and neighbors alike from the town streets. If a plague of locusts two years earlier had failed to stem this tide of dissolution among the western newcomers to the Near East, then perhaps the very tremor of the earth would command the attention of the wayward populace. On November 13, 1114, an earthquake struck the outlying town of Mamistra, inflicting great damage and foreshadowing the destruction to come. Sixteen days later, in the silence at the dead of night, when human frailty was accustomed more suitably and sweetly to sleep, Antioch itself felt the wrath of the Lord. The city was a scene of destruction, Walter tells us, with many killed in their homes. Others indeed were terrified. They abandoned their homes, scorned their wealth, left everything, and behaved as if demented in the streets and squares of the town. They stretched their hands towards the heavens because of their manifold fear and powerlessness, and cried tearfully, without ceasing, in different languages, Spare us, Lord, spare your people. The next morning, chastened survivors filed into the central St. Peter's Church, miraculously untouched by the violent swaying of the ground, and forswore the pursuit of earthly pleasures. The Antiochenes were not the only ones to have their world turned upside down. Huddling for shelter on a stone bridge in Mamistra was a young country gentleman far from home. Adelard of Bath had not made the arduous journey from England's west country for the celebrated wedding of King Baldwin of Jerusalem to Adelaide of Sicily. He was not interested in the debaucheries of his fellow Europeans, nor had he followed in the footsteps of the conquering crusaders sixteen years before him to Outremer, literally the lands beyond the sea. Unlike those fearsome holy warriors, that race of Franks, unleashed by Pope Urban II, who had raped and pillaged their way across Central Europe even before they had gotten to the Holy Land. Adelard was determined to learn from the Muslims rather than kill them under the sign of the cross. Where the Crusaders had seen only evil in the Muslim infidel, Adelard sought the light of Arab wisdom.